You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. John Samuel Schinkerheimer Schmidt plays baseball too. Whenever Bo rows out, the family always shout, There goes John Samuel Schinkerheimer Schmidt. Da 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 da. The correct turn here stadium time is 9.02 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Harbored by the friendly folks at collegeandmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It's me, Crow 2 on Twitter, at Crow on Venmo. Joining me to one side is the rumor monger at Ryan S. Sterrett. The S stands for S T. T-D-B. There you Got go. That's right. Yes, stands for Playneck. Playneck. And the other side of me, via the magic of the internet, giving you that full Fort Payne ASMR you desperately pay so much for, the AU Chief. Good evening. All right. First thing, right off the jump, we're going to go into Twitter questions. So, we are. I've asked the people of the good people of Auburn Twitter to give me questions about Auburn sports, metaphysics, the life in general. We're going to go in and answer those. So, if you ever want a question asked or answered on the pod, just tweet at me or Ryan or Chief or at College of Mag. Somebody will give it to us. Just just say it out loud, loud enough, maybe, and we'll hear you. Um. First question from good dude, all on good dude, William Medor. William Medor, gonna need a Tour de France comp to Bo's fourth down touchdown pass. Um, good news, bad news. Good news is that the best Tour de France comp to that was probably a guy named Floyd Landis. Nobody thought he could win the tour, and all of a sudden he had one of the greatest days in the history of bike racing. Uh, bad news turned out he had that great day because he was all hopped up on performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs. Um, Floyd Landis failed his drug test. That you, If you win a bike race, you are, you're taken from the finish line directly into doping control and are tested immediately. He failed that test um, and was stripped of his yellow jersey, kicked out of basically cycling, and then he became the whistleblower for Lance Armstrong and the entire U.S. Postal Service deal. Um that's a good comp for it, minus the whole doping thing. The other one would be, I would say, Julian Alaphilippe doing. He does some crazy things on descents where you're just like holding your breath because he's deciding to take some chances that on a normal person would send them flying off the side of a mountain. Um, and he's riding on the top tube of his bike at like 60 miles an hour, going down these mountains in France in the rain, and it's just nuts. And that's how he rides. Um, so. That's that one. 
His next question was, why can't Taco Bell bring back the Mexican pizza? And this, this is a hill I will die on because the Mexican pizza was the best thing on the menu. Ryan, do you remember? When did it get taken off? During COVID. So during COVID, Taco Bell and McDonald's. I was never a Taco Bell guy, so I don't, I don't really okay. remember it. Um, I ate a lot of Taco Bell in uh, middle school, high school range. Uh, well, middle school, they had a well, they had Star Wars tie-ins basically throughout. Sure. So uh, I was there a lot. Well, William Metter knows because he was in Fiji with me that I ate a lot of Taco Bell. A lot of Taco Bell. Well, it was right there. Yeah. So, Fiji. Look at new house. Oh yeah, I haven't even seen it. I, I've heard it tell really of, a, of a new house being built, but who knows? Taco Bell. Is, my wife hates Taco Bell, and matter of fact, every commercial we see for Taco Bell, which is a billion of those, if you have Hulu, mm-hmm. makes her like it like digs Taco Bell deeper into. Like she just thinks it's it is the Axe body spray of fast food, basically. Like the it commercials, is. yeah, it's just it for is. it's for seventh and eighth grade boys. Um, it is the Axe body spray. Of, yeah. Uh, of All the commercials right. are like, hey, you like, do you like being hungry? No. We'll punch your hunger in the mouth. Here's a burrito. And drink Mountain Dew. Well, <laughs> and drink it, some Mountain Dew. The, the, the great thing about it is, in, uh, as a, a college student with no money, is it's cheap. Oh, it's so cheap. And, and you can eat good. And when they cheap. get your order wrong... It doesn't matter because it's all the same ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Just reconstituted in different ways. (laughs) Anyway, I think that Mexican pizza was perfect. They got rid of it because they got rid of like a bunch of fast food places at the beginning of COVID got rid of a ton of menu items in order to streamline their kitchens. So you wouldn't have to order as much stuff. And then a lot of them are just not bringing them back. It's like, look, this is actually saving us a ton of money and overhead. I used to I used to eat the Mexican pizza quite a bit in, in high school. Yeah, it was um, delicious. Is it's a bummer. Unlike a lot of things, like Taco Bell, because everything they make is the same thing in different forms, mm-hmm. you can normally order stuff that's not on the menu anymore, like an enchilado. I don't think they still got the enchilado on the menu or the Mexi melt. You can order those things because they can just have all those ingredients on hand. They can make them. Yeah, but. I don't think they even have the tostada shell, the flat hard taco shell any longer. Um, so they can't even make Mexican pizza. To, to tie this back in, uh, Taco Bell launched the double decker taco around 1996, and Charles Barkley was the spokesman. He was. Charles Barkley was one of the spokesmen. It was Charles Barkley, Shaq, and David Robinson, or Hakeem Olajuwon. We're yeah. all different spokesmen for the double decker taco. Uh, Ryan, do you have any memory of like the double decker taco or famous NBA players being in fast food commercials? I don't think that's a thing anymore either. Uh, McDonald's, you'll you'll see uh, guys like LeBron is a, a spokesman for McDonald's, I believe. No, the, okay, this this is a weird one. The uh, the NBA like promotional tie-in that I will always remember is Kevin Garnett got milk fans. Yeah. Because they had the big cutout in our cafeteria in school. Oh my god! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, at least it was T Wolves uh, KG. Okay. Now that Boston. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. No. Okay, that's acceptable. So it was, uh, that was actually probably there from when I, you know, because you know KG played for the T Wolves when I was in middle school. So. So Rusty Owens, friend of the podcast, another good listener of the podcast. 
says, and this is, in what version of the multiverse does Auburn win out? And then he says, let me specify Auburn football since I know you're primarily a soccer podcast. And that's a good catch because, of course, my first instinct would be to talk about women's soccer winning out. Um, but I want to uh, point him to a philosopher named David Lewis, who passed away, but he was a philosopher at UCLA. David Lewis had a theory of reality that he called non-modal realism. And non-modal realism is basically the theory that I think, personally, um, the multiverse of Marvel and all that stuff is kind of based on. So, sorry, not non-modal, modal realism. Sorry, modal realism. Um, basically, what a Lewisian modal realist would say that um, if I were to say, uh, if I had made the free throws, we would have won the game. What I am positing is that I, there is another universe that exists in which I've made the free throws and we win the game. What he says is, that means that there is another universe that exists in which I did make the free throws and we did win the game. So all possible worlds exist because existence is a property of worlds. They have to exist. So there's an infinite number of universes in which an infinite number of things have happened all the way down. Irreducible. So in according to David Lewis, there is there's a universe that exists in which Auburn is number one in the country and has won Nick Saban is Auburn's coach and has won all these national championships and blah blah blah. There is a world that exists in which Bo Nix has three arms just because I said that. Okay. <laughs> So I would say there is a world that exists, Rusty. Now, here's... I want to see this episode of What If, by the way. Right, yeah, me too. Which one? Three Arms? Or the one where Auburn goes undefeated? Uh, all of them. It's not all, they all sound fun. Okay. Because there's a, one of my favorite philosophers is a guy named... He's a philosopher slash mathematician. Because back in the day, people could do everything. And his name is Gottfried Leibniz. And he is... German, he was a polymath, he basically invented calculus. And by basically, I mean like he did. He invented it. <laughs> um, and in his philosophy, this is the best of all possible worlds that could possibly exist. The world in which we're living is the best of all possible worlds because God created it. And therefore, it's the best of all possible worlds that God could have created because he would only do the best of all possible things. So, so for the Marvel people, uh, Kang basically made this world. Uh, this is just the one good timeline. Exactly. Right. right. The best possible world. 616. That's the comics. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So it's, this is a, he also believed that everything in the world was created. Everything on planet Earth and in the universe was made up of these tiny little things called monads because they didn't know what an atom was, basically. Mm-hmm. So everything was made up of monads. They're ultimate units of existence, basically. They have no parts. They exist as individual substances that make up everything. Um, yeah. So Turns out he was right. Turns out he actually was right. So, yeah, he a uh, really smart guy. Right enough. Polymath. Taught himself everything. And then, yeah, why is there something rather than nothing was his first question he asked. Answered himself. What a big one. <laughs> yeah. 
because it's necessary. Existence is I think necessary. that's what LSU fans are feeling uh, this week. Is, uh, why is it something rather than nothing? Which brings me, that existential question brings me to my next philosophical question asked by our good friend A.U. Barnow, who is a German professor, asked if Bo Nix is a Kierkegaardian knight of faith. So, this, these questions are 100% up my wheelhouse, especially any Kierkegaard question. Um, Kierkegaard, Danish philosopher, father of existentialism, father of Christian existentialism. The Knight of Faith is from his book, Fear and Trembling. Basically, the Knight of Faith has to overcome um, the absurdity of existence itself, which is kind of a, we all have to do that. If there's nothing, nothing more Auburn than trying to overcome the absurd, if I can put that right. Yeah. Don't overcome it, live in it. Yeah, yeah. right. So the knight of, what the Knight of Faith has to do um, is the Knight of Faith has to go these, uh, go through what's called an <laughs> infinite resignation. Knight of Faith has to go resign himself to anything that might make him happy in the world, knowing that he could fail. And then submit himself to the absurd for the sake of faith itself, loving only what is good and respectable, knowing that virtue is its own reward. So I would say, and I answered him actually on Twitter, there is nothing more Auburn. If Auburn is what we would consider faith, faith in Auburn. Um, Auburn Jesus. Yeah. We have faith in Auburn Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Bo Nix is the ultimate knight of faith. Okay. Grew up an Auburn fan. Loves Auburn more than anything in the world. Comes to Auburn. Loses his job. Has to come back into the game. Resign himself that he could lose his job again. The one thing that he loves the most in the world, he has to go through infinite resignation for the sake of what? Faith in Auburn itself. Faces nothingness itself and the absurd, which is trying to beat LSU in Baton Rouge. And overcomes it. He is the Kierkegaardian Night of Faith. Kierkegaard so, Auburn in. So let me ask, is, uh, is the reason Georgia is still uh, going through 40 years of trials right now is because they haven't got that infinite resignation yet? Exactly. They haven't gotten to that point? No, they haven't resigned themselves that they might not ever win. But they have to keep trying for the sake of Georgia. <laughs> this is the year, is the year every year for them. Exactly. Every, uh, and then Auburn Elvis asks... Which he asked him the question question. And if you don't know, Auburn Elvis exists to cover Auburn a question better than anybody else on Auburn Twitter, at least more than anybody else on Auburn Twitter. Um, he says they lost a third of their point production from last season. Will they still beat Georgia on Friday? Yes. <laughs> FG, baby. Absolutely right. They will beat Georgia on Friday. Why? Because that's what we so do. Many field goals. Yeah. So many field goals. I've seen horses kick a field goal in those Super Bowl commercials, man. I know they can do it. Yeah, they'll beat them. It was a fluke that they lost to them last year. Absolutely. I didn't know they lost them last year, but thank you for yeah, that. that was the, they lost in the, the national championship uh, contest to them. Oh, man. Well, then they got, they, got, they got blood in their mouth. 2020 doesn't exist. It's true. Yeah, I'm blaming COVID for that loss. All right, let's move on. That was Twitter questions. Horses had to wear masks. It was weird. It's tough. <laughs> That's just a feedback, Ryan. 
They fed him with the mask on. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Soccer lost to South Carolina. We're 0 for this Palmetto State. Having lost to Clemson and South Carolina now. Uh, but hit a little bit of a rough patch here, seems like. A bit. I think we're hitting also the toughest part of our schedule. Yeah. Auburn, I don't think, has lost to a unranked team this year. Well, that's good, at least. Um, and so I think they are themselves still still ranked. Um, they were down 2-0 in the first 20 minutes, 3-0 after half, and then came back to lose 3-2. Um, then they got to play, they got to play Mississippi State, who is not good. Has cool uniforms, but they're not good this year. Um, they're 2-4-3, and 0-2-1 oh, and and in conference. They have no players with more than two goals on the season. we got girls who have two goals in games, multiple games, as a matter of fact. Um, and then, after that, Auburn plays LSU, who is 1-3 in conference. They've won, three, they've won games against ranked teams three times in non-con, but have only beaten the aforementioned Mississippi State Bulldogs within the conference. So Auburn has two winnable games. That's what I'm trying to say. They have two winnable matches coming up. Um, one is um, at Mississippi State, and they have a home game on Sunday. So if you are going to the Georgia game Saturday, stick around and see Auburn beat the Tiger, Bing, the Bayou Bengals in soccer. Yeah, go get brunch at the Hound. You'll have plenty of time. And then 2 o'clock, get Auburn soccer complex. Or just leave insomnia at like 4 a.m. and go camp out at the, at the soccer complex. <laughs> I'm sure they will I'm sure let you do it. Just don't, not on the field. Not on the field. Just in the like parking lot. There's a temptation if you were to leave insomnia or go to the soccer complex. You might just lay out in the grass. Leave insomnia, go down to the soccer complex. Painter will be there, I bet. And just hang out. Is that it? Is, is insomnia parts unknown? I wish, man. If I found out that Painter Sharpless was just, hey, guess what? I run insomnia now. That would be the best. <laughs> oh, man. It's the best hummus in Auburn. I don't care what anybody says. Insomnia is the best hummus. In the city of Auburn. Um, all right, let's take a quick commercial break. Come back and talk about football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back 17 minutes and 36 seconds. That was a nifty and tight 17 minutes. Got a little off track talking existentialism. Run right back to talking soccer. But now, we're going to talk American football for the rest of the show. Because Auburn has done it, you guys. This is the year. They did it. Chief. As the person who's probably been watching Auburn the longest of the three of us, mm-hmm. what does it mean? Because you probably actually remember the 1999 I do. game. I do. I, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> as I, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, I used to dove hunt on Saturday, so I listened to a lot of the games, especially if they were in the afternoon. Uh, and that one kicked off about four, so started it about the end of the day uh, of the the dove hunting day and listen to 
the first half or so on the way home and then and watched the second half and and i remember it i remember the smoking of cigars i remember watching it with my dad um it was was a good old time uh and um every year since i felt we could win that game there or every other year since and it had been 22 long long years uh as as has was mentioned a lot this last week i feel like that like more so than the 20 years when it was 20 years the last time but this this year seemed the 22 seemed to be like really people talked about it a lot more this time what was when did you realize that it was because like for me when i went to when i went to auburn at no point did i realize oh we haven't won there because it was only like oh four or five oh six so like it was yeah like it was the oh five game and oh seven game yeah, but I don't remember people saying like, "Guys, it's almost been ten years." It it would it was two thousand seven was when I really I was like, okay. Jesus, it's been ten years because we should have won that game." That was the game where Les Miles pulled his first Les Miles rabbit out of the hat. Completely, uh, Inspector Clouseau uh, from uh, what is that Pink Panther? Yes, uh, uh, that just total like had no idea what was going on like literally had no clue what down it was how much time was left how if he had timeouts what the score was and went for it he could have won with a field goal it would have been a pretty dang easy field goal and instead he decided to throw a last ditch freaking fade to the other corner or whatever it was Darius Bird and like after the game he's like "Kick kick a field goal when they asked him why he didn't just kick a field goal because he had no idea and I, it was at that point I, I knew and I realized, Jesus, it's been uh, almost 10 years since since we won there. And uh, it, it uh, that's when it started to pile up and I, I started to feel like, man, we, we just can't win. And then we went on, you know, 2009. I didn't really expect to win there. Um, you know, they were still really good and we were rebuilding 11 you know i was hyped up i thought going into the season yeah yeah we'll win there no um 13 really felt like it do should have won there and uh didn't win that was a five quarter game we would have won um yeah uh 15 i went no uh 17 we should have won that game and did not so 10 years on from the other one that we really should have won, uh, we didn't. And then 19. Uh, and then here we were at, at 22 years later. And, and and going into the game, I mean, I, I was not super confident just based on the, the, the week before. Um, uh, it, you know, it just didn't feel great. Um, and... I think if anyone could have uh, checked out our Slack, I'm like everyone was just uh, about, I don't know, five minutes into the game, eight minutes into the game. Uh, we just, we were all feeling the weight of that, that I don't want to call it a curse. Cause it, you know, there's no curse. It's just that, that thing hanging over you, the, the monkey on our back, I guess. Um, ain't no curses. Um, ain't no curses. That's the great Billy Bob says in Fire Night Lights. <laughs> 
It's very much the same as the uh, uh, as uh, I've come to feel as an Everton fan whenever we're playing in a uh, tournament where we could possibly win some sort of trophy. And uh, you just the, you just feel like, oh, well, something something's going to go wrong here. And we're not going to do it. And so, it felt very much like something was going wrong and we just weren't going to do it. So to circle back, after that first LSU drive. Uh, yeah. We'll I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. But uh, that was the infinite resignation. Is that right? Absolutely. I think we were all there. Yeah. That was it. That was that was the time. Oh, because it well, just looked like we – didn't have anything for it. To clarify, <laughs> infant Not resignation is is the act that you must do. You must right. resign that you might lose it all. So Bo yeah. Nick saying, "If I hey look, if I throw this and it's a pick, TJ Finley might get my job back." But he had to resign the fact that he might lose it all in order to win. It's that risk. Well, I Ryan. thought we basically okay. lost it all. Uh, it you know that that point in the game where we had gone big uh brian harson loves to make these bold moves we we took the ball and then we well, we did we got a first down right but then we got to we got to midfield because all of those drives that didn't get points in the first half got to past midfield yeah but um, then it just sputtered out it just sputtered out quick too it felt it felt very malzanian and how fast it just sputtered out like we went from First and ten from the forty-eight to uh, punting, like quick. Um, and then that first LSU drive, I, I don't think I will ever see anything like that again. Because the stat line for Max Johnson, just six of cr- six, yeah, one hundred and thirty-two yards, yeah. one touchdown on the first possession. It was it was the it's, most uh, it's insane disheartening drive. It's fifty-five yards to get Sean Booty on the first play. Uh, they they have some penalties. They get down into the red zone. They snap the ball twenty five yards over his head. I mean, and then and then touched. he hits a touchdown on the next play. I I tell you what though, like <laughs> I knew he was throwing a touchdown on that next play. I was like, oh, he's this, this he's just gonna throw a touchdown now. Like, yeah, we, we all watched the twenty eighteen national title. <laughs> well, and also it's just that I I, all, I have this theory, uh, and I, I actually think it might be borne out by um, statistics that. It's easier to score with a little more space than it is in that compacted, like once you're inside the ten yard line, um, and that was a lot of space, especially so. when you can't run. Right, uh, and so uh, I was just like, "Well, he's just gonna—they they got all this space now. It's gonna go to Butte." Because at that point, we just like, even though they did it the entire drive, we couldn't figure out how to make sure McCreary was on him, um, and and it just felt like. Oh well, they're just going to run us out of the building because we can't do anything, and they just did that to us. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, and, and I think it had more to do with that—the fact that that did happen, that we had they had made that huge mistake, and then they still scored a touchdown. Because a lot of first drives are successful because they're right. scripted; like right. everybody knows what they're going to do on their first drive. And so, you know, looking back on it, maybe we should have been like, "Well, it's the first drive." whatever um but things did not get that much better from there on um in the first quarter uh, they you know they went on to score did they score another touchdown or is it just no they only no, scored so that was their only touchdown yeah, the okay. so, they only uh, scored field goals they, field. they got it to 13 nothing with about eight minutes in the second quarter and uh 
it was frustrating because, like I said, Auburn was getting past midfield. They were doing things well, but not enough. And you know, defense gave up points in the first three drives. I, and yeah, it, it seemed like it was about to get ugly. And and then uh, backyard bow showed up. Backyard I, I bow. I think part of we'd already we'd already gone through the TJ Finley like come in yeah. for a drive. Yeah, we was like, oh no, it's like we're we're done. Yeah. We're playing quarterback games. It's yeah. just, I, I could I, not I figure that out, man. When he came in for I, a drive, I was like, what's going on? Bow get hurt? Which which was scripted apparently. Right. It was a reward. Part 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 of what was going on with Auburn fans in that first quarter was that we're bringing like so much baggage into these games. Yep. Yes. Um, because, uh, I mean, we're bringing the baggage from that previous week where we couldn't stop Georgia State uh, for large portions of that game uh, in the first half. Uh, and we're, we're just bringing in baggage from the last, like, 13 years of Auburn football. Because I tell you, if um, despite whatever shortcomings the uh, Tommy Tuberville error had at Auburn, if that had been a Tommy Tuberville team, I would have been like, well, we'll be fine. We'll, yeah. we'll stop them in the red zone. What we, they won't, they won't score in the red zone. And, um, and, and luckily that's what this team did. Yeah. Uh, to force those field goals because yeah, if I remember correctly. They had on both of those field goals or at least two of them throughout the game. They got to fourth and one inside the 10. Yeah. And either a false start or something pushed them back. They kicked a field goal from the you know, eight yard line. They were in the red zone uh, at least four times. In this game, yeah, I think so. Several so goals. Um, so we're we're I mean, and we've done that this year. We're playing really good red zone defense, and and maybe, maybe, it's time to factor that into our uh, fan fan equations whenever we're having uh, a freak out, um, as I a lot of us did myself included on uh <laughs> during the first quarter of that game another thing to factor into our fan so, uh, equations is i don't think we are used to the level of adjustments that this team makes yeah, right like you like gus made halftime adjustments and kevin Steele made halftime adjustments but i feel like Derek mason and mike bobo are making tiny micro adjustments throughout the game well, they, that we they don't got to, we don't notice. Like we, which is we, funny because up until last week, that's what we were complaining about. Right. Yeah. They got the Boutte thing figured out. Like I, 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 I was mad about it because I'm like, why aren't you figuring it out now? But they figured it out because he didn't catch the ball again. No. Uh, and until that last catch of the game, that wasn't a catch. And they yeah. second half. I feel like most of the second half, Auburn did not play with a defensive lineman outside of a nose tackle. They're like, look, smart this team cannot run. So yeah, even if they try, we're going to stop them. With we're just going to put guy, like I, my brother and I we are have watching. One down lineman, one. one guy, and he was the number twenty-five. It was yeah. wooden. You your defensive end. Yeah. And I, I told well, my brother, I was like, we literally have nobody on the field with a number in the nineties. Every single I, guy on the field is a twenty or thirty. If, I thought if it was. Opalini had been our defensive coordinator. They would have torched us. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think what was interesting is we were talking about during the game about how uh, Smoke Monday. Uh, I brought up, I'm like, maybe he can just be a linebacker. Maybe you put on a little weight and be a linebacker. And he essentially played as a line like Derek Mason rolled him down there and played him as a linebacker. So it's one of those things. I don't know if it would ever happen if Owen Papa was healthy. 
But yeah. without him there, you know, Chandler Wooten, great against the run. Yeah. Not the best in space right now. So you had Zacoby kind of playing linebacker, kind of also playing dime, which we thought was interesting. He was all over the place. Zacoby McClain played defense. I love that guy. Yeah. And so what that allowed you to do was bring smoke up into the box, and he was he was dropping back some in his own, but he was also playing the edge on the run, getting after the quarterback, getting in the flats, which is, I mean, he's a good tackler in space. He's a great tackler in space. Yeah, coverage has been his problem. Yeah. So uh, he's got really good run fit instincts too. Like yeah, Smoke Monday fills on runs like like a linebacker should. Like he sees exactly where to go and gets there with in a bad attitude and yeah, he, Roy Williams is the comp that I use in the slot during the game. The the one that played for OU and then for the Cowboys, not the receiver, the safety. And he was always described as being a couple biscuits short of being an outside linebacker. Yeah, smoke is a little more than just a couple of biscuits short, but right. same deal. Well, like the instincts it, it, are there. You know, He's just not big enough yet. It's a little bit like. Um, Darren Bates, who was a safety. That's right. Um, that, that moved to linebacker as a senior, right? Right. Um, and then played in the league as a linebacker for years. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's something that, I, I mean, I think maybe you could see it um, if we if we find another solution at safety um, and spoke to around. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have no idea what his status is. I don't either. In a perfect world, he's back playing at Georgia this week. I hope. Um but, you know, I, again, this all started as kudos to Derek Mason and, and his, his unit or his, his coaches, his assistants for, for, figuring, <laughs> for figuring this out. Um, uh, really before halftime, um, they started so doing a lot of that. Zach Etheridge is the DB's coach, too. So yeah. Show. yeah. No, it was, it was um... – Definitely an excellent example of what adjustments can look like. And, like, this game, how football football is a game where it's really just coaches versus coaches. And Auburn flat-out out-coached LSU yeah. up and down the field on both sides that's of the not, ball. That's not shocking. Though. Well, it's not, except that, like, this is a first-year staff, of whom yeah, it's their first time in the conference now Mike Bobo and and Mason have been in the SEC for years and years but Harson hasn't this is his first SEC right. game of his career yeah that's yeah. true it's important to think about that we were giving them such a hard time uh for everything the first four weeks have been I mean even even when the team was playing well it seemed like oh there's some coaching issues like you know, maybe the defensive calls aren't coming in at the right time they don't know where they're supposed to be aligned um yeah, they're starting to figure it out I don't, yeah, I, don't, we, I mean, getting more comfortable. They're making different adjustments. I think LSU is also bad. Um, sure, I think I think yeah. there is that, and I think I think we do have a lot of things that we could we've got to figure out, or we're just going to get annihilated by uh, somebody really good. Um, but I I, I want to challenge Auburn fans, myself included, uh, to maybe not freak out. Uh, over big plays because big plays are going to happen. Um, but I, I think we're showing that uh, if we give up a lot of yards, it, it's not the end of the world uh, because we may force them into a you know field goal at the at the worst. Yeah. Um, and 
because I was still in that game in the fourth quarter, even like I know uh, other people as well were angry that we gave up some big plays, um, but they didn't, they didn't result in any points. Um, Felt better that when we were giving up chunk yards, besides that first possession, pretty much, it didn't feel like the defense didn't know what they were doing. Right. It felt like LSU executed in certain spots. Yeah. Certainly, for most of the game, they didn't. But uh, it, there was no tight end running wide open down the field. I mean, there was no walk-on running back gashing up the middle every play. Yeah. So, it, How do you see the Georgia State game now? It's a fluke. I, I feel like the coaching staff knew they needed to win at LSU. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think they prepared. Maybe the players kind of caught on to that, too. Yeah, I think I think they did more preparation for LSU that week than anything, and um, they tried to keep it super basic as well uh, on both sides of the ball, and found themselves in a situation where uh, that was not going to work anymore, yeah. <clears throat> um, and and pulled out a win out of it. And um, look, I hate it for uh, TJ Finley. He came in, and he won that game. Um, you know, I would thirty-five yard pass on his first play in this game. Yeah, too. it's true. Just the next um, three. It, you know, maybe in a at another time he can get a chance to be our starting quarterback at some point. I, I don't know. Well, next I mean, year I after Bogos Pro, I don't think it's unlikely that he still plays at Auburn this year, based no. off of what we're going to be asking Bo Nix to do. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, how dangerous that might be for him. Yeah, he's got to be ready, and and I think, you know, I think maybe, I joked before the game I wanted to see like a uh, Jesse Palmer, uh, Brock Berlin, uh, uh, what, what was that other dude's name? Oh, I can't even remember. Anyway, uh, the uh, the old quarterback rotation that they had, Rex Grossman. There we go, uh, at Florida in uh, one of I think it was Spurrier's last season at Florida, uh, which uh, was not great. But um, I wanted to see that in this game as a joke. But I kind of do think maybe we got to keep him involved. So, you know, just do what we did. And let me like say, okay, the, just our first drive of the second quarter, we're going to throw you out there and just go do it. We're going to give Bo, Bo a rest over here because he's doing all, he's running around a lot. Uh, it's a, it's a change of pace that could throw off defenses too and mm-hmm. could lead to points. I'll, another, another guy who really like waited his turn, kept getting sidetracked, was Sean Shivers. Yeah, man. And Sean Shivers, Sonic Crow's favorite player on the team. We've spoken about this on the Slack a number of times. Sean Shivers is so great in this role of Hey, he's gonna swing out, and we're gonna throw it to him. And, and he you're will, not gonna stop. Him. And you're not gonna stop him until he gets a first down. Like he yeah. is so efficient on those plays because he doesn't dance. He just gets he yards down fast. Right. And then he yeah. and then every time he's tackled, he hits somebody else first. He's like, yeah, yeah. "I'm yeah. taking one of you guys with me." Here I go. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, he's the only running back on the team that I'm actually worried. Like, are they gonna call him offensive targeting on one of our <laughs> on John Shivers? Yeah, hey, can that, we talk about uh, uh, to get him out of the end zone? Uh, that was, that was on the game-winning drive. That was right? the play of the game, I think, yeah. for Auburn. That was one of the that plays of the game. Yeah, it was great. 
Can we talk about that uh, weirdo uh, penalty they called at the beginning? I guess it was in the for- first quarter, uh, it, which really kept us from scoring, uh, right? No, 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 not kept us from scoring. It led to them scoring. Uh, on their on their first drive, there was a, a just blatant awful hold hold right okay. there in front of the referee. But then they call oh the targeting the and targeting. Yeah, it was like not even like close. Like what? yeah, I mean, they didn't, yeah. I was wondering what that was about, and they seemed like they pretty quickly took the targeting off. But yeah, because uh, it was like what? No, it was not Death Valley is their TV screens are tiny. They should invest in some bigger ones. The, the, the hands to the face, too, is just like, really? You call that, but you don't call the hold that's right there? LSU's um, athletic department has a lot bigger fish to fry right now than, you know, some screens. Oh, got, what, and, and Auburn didn't when we got one? I don't think, I don't think Auburn's dealing with what LSU's dealing with currently. <laughs> well, not in football. They weren't at the time. No. I mean, uh, whatever. LSU's got multiple Title IX, the less mile situation. It's a mess at LSU. Um, but yeah, that was that was just a strange thing that led to their touchdown. So without that, maybe they don't even score a touchdown against us. So I don't know. I think they were scored on that first drive, no matter what. Yeah, that first drive was scripted, was, and it was the was, perfect. No, script. that would have been that would have been a long, think, I, long third down if they not. I don't that. think getting the fifty-five yards on the first play and <laughs> completing a. Uh, Second and goal from the thirty yard line is scripted. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it was Butte made great plays on both of those catches. Yeah, um, we just weren't covering Butte with the right guys. On the, the, the sure, the like I said, yeah, it, it's not that he was wide open. It was just he was better than the guy covering him. Yeah, I don't. You know, he's probably a little bit that. better than Roger McCreary is. Maybe I mean, at, I think they're both his, NFL players. At, yeah, I mean, at his McCreary only plays. He doesn't travel, as the as people say. I don't think. Like he doesn't go. He didn't follow the best receiver. They put him on a side. Like he's like I think he's a boundary side corner, and that's it. They they started making sure he was he was where Butte was yeah, going to so be. They, that was the adjustment. Time. Was like, look, we're gonna instead of you just stay. You're gonna you're gonna travel. You're gonna find number one, and you're gonna stick with him. They were trying to get uh, Knighton, get him matched up with Knighton, and matched up with Smoke as much as they could there in that first drive. Right. Um, but. It, uh, man, it was just there's so much happened in this game. It, it just it just felt so tense the entire time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and, so we still haven't really gotten into Bo. Yeah, first touchdown specifically. I mean, I mean, wowzers. <laughs> that that was like playing. Um, you know, that was, was like playing with Mike Vick and Matt Newport. It was playing your your girlfriend in NCAA twelve. And she snaps the ball and runs 50 yards backwards, and no one can catch her. And then she throws it and scores. It's what they call uh, it, it, what the uh, I think in the professional Madden scene they call cheesing, like no where way. you just you, you pick you pick a guy uh, that can just run around like crazy, isn't super accurate or anything like that, but then you just run around with him until like everything breaks down, and then you just heave it downfield, and one of your receivers gets it. Uh, right. Uh, there's there's people that just that's all they do and it's it's really annoying and when I saw the touchdown play to Tyler Fromm, the funniest I, thing about it was that the ESPN camera angle at Tiger Stadium is such where you don't see that you, right. like you didn't see Tyler Fromm like no, he wasn't on the no screen the whole the whole play 
He was just yeah. chucking it to the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I thought, oh, he's throwing it That's around fourth and two. Oh, okay, man. at least he didn't get sagged. And then all of a sudden, like, oh no, there's a guy there. <laughs> like, it was you found out when the fans found out basically it, that it might be a touchdown. So uh, it's funny if you watch the replay of that. Like Tyler Fromm's reaction to that is exactly the same as everyone else's. He didn't like. He, he like looked for around for a second. Like, wait, this just this happened. Like, this was supposed to catch that. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I caught that on instinct. He caught that on instinct that alone. Was, that was his first career catch. Yeah, I mean, He's just good on good on him for like be, yeah. like like he just ran around till he got open and like somebody and was ready to catch it when he when it got to him and, and that that's that's all you can ask for a guy to do. So you heard you heard what Bo said post game, right? And just, Oh, just run around trying to make make a play, find somebody. Uh, got away from that last tackle, and I just saw uh, Tyler's flowing hair out of the back of his helmet. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it that that play was just in, insane on every level. Just just from like he took a hit you, too at the end. Oh like, yeah, Bo Nix got, got laid out by two dudes. Yeah, just buried at, or like milliseconds after he let go of the ball. Too. I was worried. And, and, there were a couple of those scrambles like that where I was worried that he had gotten injured just because I, he lets go of the ball and then just offers just himself up. Yeah. Bogey <laughs> like, might be one of those quarterbacks that gets better when he gets hit. I, I mean, I mean, there's, it's like a, it's like a prize fighter. He plays like with that, more freedom that, that, because that I think, and I'm going to stand on this. I think that he is playing with more freedom than he was earlier in the year in a lot of ways. Both and every every it, other time he's I think stepped he's, out there for he's playing that. with the freedom of I think now the coaching staff is saying you need to run or you can run. Because I think yeah. all three of us agree that maybe he wasn't being yeah. allowed to run earlier in the year. I was afraid whether it was the coach's decisions or uh Bo just being stubborn of oh I'm going to be a pocket passer now I don't know what it was yeah or a combination I afraid, of both I was afraid they broke him over all the offseason though so well I don't think making but, stay in but I don't think that's a thing just this year I, I I think that was last year too like I I don't I don't think but it came and went last year at weird times like the A and M game you know right yeah almost won that game doing this kind of stuff yeah right. Whereas, the, the first four games, he wouldn't run. Right. There was a, there was like it was a wall at the line of scrimmage. Right. He could have picked up 15 yards, and he would not do it. Yeah, the, the only time you saw him do it, he did it like one time, and it I, I'm pretty sure it was designed that way. And it was designed like not in a way where he would ever – there would ever be any contact. Right. But now like, – You go once there's a giant hole. He's there. already lost his job. That's true. So to him, it's like the um, – Chris Christopherson, Janis Joplin song. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. He got nothing left to lose, guys. So he's out well, there. He's he's focused. He's having fun. <laughs> and he's free. He's playing with I think complete he is freedom. Fun. I think that's the thing. I I I really think this is. It's been a long road to that stuff. Trying. I I really do think Gus and them tried to coach that out of him. Um. Because you can't game plan that if you're right. the if you're you the can't. head coach of, and, and, of that. And think you about can't. Gus. And think about Gus. Like Gus, that's not Gus can't control that, and he's not going to want to do right. that. Um, and you would let Bo run a little bit on designed runs, with right? Like zone reads to do, 
but yeah, he, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was great to see. Um, this is I don't much know more if the Auburn fans or the LSU fans are more surprised by it. Yeah. This is much more like what Kyler Murray was doing at Oklahoma right. than what Nick Marshall did at Auburn. This is much right. more like, exactly. look, Kyler was allowed to just, well, they had the best offensive Extend line the in the country that, the play. that year. That's all it's about. Yeah. It's, not about uh, it's not about running a read option. It's not about. Um, it's not really about him picking up a lot of yards, even though he got 74. It's about keeping the play alive um, and, and – because yeah, the defensive line too. And the deal yeah. with Bo is, unlike Kyler, Bo doesn't have C.D. Lamb. So yeah. for Bo, it's yeah. like, look, your receivers are not good enough to get open immediately. So you might need to extend this bad boy five, six seconds, let it break down, and then somebody's running free. Yeah. Like, like, like Tyler Fromm is not running free in the back of the end zone on a design play <laughs> against LSU. Right. That's not going to happen. But in this play, in this scenario, I, in Crazy World, he, he's in the back of the end zone by himself. And now you got to think about though. Now defenses have to have to plan for this. They've got you gotta, can't you can't plan for this. <laughs> well, it, it, well, you can. You have to make sure your dudes. You've got to have people back in coverage. Well, and you got to have a spy. Like you have to put a guy on Bo Nix and say, "Look, right." And then you this can run gonna, the ball. This should. This, this only helps the running backs. Yes, this should open up the run. Just the mere fact that this could happen to you, because LSU just wasn't ready in any way for this, and that—that's really what. what I'm, I really, I will stand on the fact that I don't think you can be ready for the fact that a guy could extend a play in six <laughs> seconds and then just chuck it. He broke five yeah. tackles in the backfield. That—that that he broke thirteen right. tackles in this game. Thirteen. Seventy-four yards on the ground. Twelve Russian carries, thirteen broken tackles. Passing touchdown. I mean, that rushing touchdown he, was 100%. I'm getting a rushing touchdown in this game. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking this. Because oh, both guys would have scored. <laughs> yeah. Like Tank would have scored and both scored. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, it, was, it was good to see that. It, I, I don't want to. I mean, it's, it's been so good to sort of just bask in this. And I, I'm almost at a point where I can't really believe that we won the game still. Um, but. It, it does – I'm trying not to get too carried away with what we saw from Bo because everything that was good about that game could have just as easily been bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that that is, I think, what everyone's going to have to accept this year is if we want to win games, it's going to have to be like that. We we may lose some of them. Well, we may lose badly. That's the thing. Hopefully – I, th- I really do think there will be games that we win by turning around and putting the ball in number four in number four yeah. stomach or, or tossing it to number 27. I think there yeah. are going to be some games that we win just because we've got two of the best running backs in the conference. But, and I think that like Ryan said, like backyard bow really helps those two it guys. Make, it makes people have to respect the run, the, the run in the past. Um, even though you know we didn't have was was the from one the only like super long pass yeah the other ones his other scrambles one was a first down across the middle to who Shaker? no no, no. Ro- uh, robertson robertson that's right robertson, robertson had a good game 
But yeah, that was six six catches, six fifty yards, something like that. Yeah. Uh, had the the first catch of the game, I believe. Um I still I don't think we ever got an update on why he didn't play against Georgia State. Uh I'm guessing stressed out. Uh, yeah, I guess. Precautionary is what I would guess. Don't think you uh, need him. Um, yeah. Boy, we still sure hold, still hold him out even <laughs> in that situation. But I guess you know you go in, you you just you make a decision, you stick to it, right? Uh, I don't like that. Um, uh, we got to cut out our penalties. Uh, a lot of really dumb errors we made pretty early on in this game. Um, Give them a first down, pretty deep in their uh, or in our own side of the field on a false or off sides. Right? Yeah. Um, we went for that uh, that onside kick at halftime. It was a good kick. That was a it perfect. Was, yeah. That was a perfect play, man. That was a perfect yeah. play. I, I, I'm more of a fan of the the ones that uh, um, what was it Parky? Oh, the, just the run up, them up by himself. Just kicks it right up and it yeah. lands like ten yards, and you can catch it yourself. Uh, but Byram was decent at that. Wes too. Byram's was the the kicker kicks it and the kicker catches it. Yeah. 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 This yeah. one was a pass. He kicked a pass. Yeah, yeah. It felt. Yeah, I'd, I'd never really seen one like that. I've never, and it was almost. I think the problem with that one, yeah, the problem was it was like the degree of difficulty is a little high because you have to time it perfectly with that receiver. But man, he almost did. And think about that. I mean, this game would have changed on a dime. Personally, we've now seen Harson try two. Yeah. Game-changing trick plays. Huge games. And I love it. One of them <laughs> may have contributed to the loss, well, but it worked. It, you know, I, it's, well, he doesn't, I don't, he doesn't I don't have the roster Georgia and Alabama does. So you gotta, if you're not going to – you got to try to win. Yes. I mean, this is, the, this is the guy that was the offense coordinator that called that Statue of Liberty play in the CSGS Bowl. He knows all about it. There's a there's a really good book by Malcolm Gladwell called David and Goliath. And in it, he goes through, like, how underdogs win. Yeah. And it basically is, like, it's a really, it's a good book, but, like, I can distill the entire book to you right now. You The underdog cannot win playing the exact same game as the favorite. You will lose right. every time. But if you change the game in some way, or change the rules of the game, change the way, dictate the way the game's played, you can win. And his example is this high school, it's like little kids, girls basketball team in California that had lost every game the season before. The, this guy decides to coach it the next year who's never seen basketball before. Watches two games and is like, why don't they defend the full court on every possession? You're giving the other team 40 feet mm-hmm. of free basket, of free space. We should defend the, all 94 feet. And so his team begins to run a full-court press, and all they practice is full-court press. <laughs> yeah. So he, he just he just runs full-court press, and his team all of a sudden is winning these games because like, all we're shooting is layups. And then all of a sudden he's like playing a striker. Like he's, he's literally <laughs> leading one girl down and just no, playing. Just, you just call that a snowbird. Yeah, he's cherry-picking. He's snowbirding. So he, he talks about how the, this team is beating girls who are twice as tall as them, have played basketball for years and years because they changed the game. Harson has to do the same thing. Like, there's no way with our personnel that this Saturday we're going to go in to Jordan-Hare Stadium and play 
face up football and beat Georgia. It just it cannot it cannot happen. Auburn has to do something nuts, which no team is better at than than Bo Nix. I mean, I guess, I guess you could you could still do the onside kick thing. Like, uh, what's more unexpected? Trying it again? They could run <laughs> that onside kick every play, every kick. Or maybe that was the the fake one that they were they're were throwing out there for put, putting it on tape so the people prepare for it and they do something different the next because time. Because if it's timed right, Auburn gets the ball. If it's timed wrong, the other team gets the ball right there. Like, it's almost impossible for you to give them a return. So you're basically saying like, all right, we're giving you them the ball. You trust your defense to give right. the ball at midfield. And yeah. then we held them to a field goal there. Right. Yeah. Worked out. Um, there, there were so many things – like like the onside kick, like bringing smoke into the box, like that toss play to Jarquez Hunter on the last drive that we haven't seen at all this year. Um, I, I was extremely impressed with the coaching staff in this game. Okay, uh, we, says, we ran a play. I don't know if you caught this. Chief, you'll remember the Al Borges era fondly. And in 04, yes. remember Al Borges did something in 2004 that it was the first time I ever remember a standing ovation almost. <laughs> for a formation. Mm-hmm. It was the first game of the season, and he trotted out Cadillac and Ronnie yeah. on the field at the same time. And everyone just erupted as if he had like broken the code. Like, wait, what if I just put them yeah. both on the field? <laughs> yeah. There was Auburn ran a formation against LSU where Tank and Hunter were on the field at the yeah. same time, and we- Tank was lined up as H back almost, and then they yeah. handed off to Tank on like an end around. We for did a that. first down. We did that in, uh, I think, the Alabama State game as well because it was another one I was watching on TV. And um, we, uh, that to me, that's the wrinkle. If Bobo can figure the Al Borges era system of, well, if we just put all of our best players in the field at the same time, it's going to be a tough offense. Apparently, it's all running backs right now. Yeah. Are, are we and quarterback about the, our – the tough time we had running the ball straight up in this game. A little bit. Yes and no. I mean, I think LSU definitely looked at the Georgia State game plan and said, okay, we're going to do that. Yeah, they had everybody. They, they kind of stuck tank early. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if he's nicked up. But, you know, I, don't think, I haven't heard that reported necessarily, but it seems Carson really, said today that Carson, he's, quote, fine. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Um it's 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 hard when you're talked up all year as being the next amazing thing. You know, he's he's trying to hit these home run plays that may or may not be there. Yeah, um, he, he's 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 taking he's choosing the the path of most resistance in yeah. uh, a lot of cases. Like uh, I'm pretty early on in that game, there's like a hole like right in the middle of the field, and he could have gotten a first down easy. And I guess he's thought maybe he could get the edge and get more than that. I don't, I don't really know. Um, and just just got stuffed on, on trying to run around the edge. Now that we're developing some semblance of a passing game, Bo's getting out of the pocket. He's a threat to run. You said maybe that opens it up for Tank as well. Uh, hopefully yeah. there's not eight guys looking at him every, every time he touches the ball. Well, and, uh, you know, we may now that there is that threat, you may see a little bit of freed option, too. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past uh, Bobo to throw a little bit of that in there. Um, I, we did run, I'm pretty sure, at least one or two sets of that. Um, and Bo just kept it 
every time. You get that every time. Um, Which I think and, Nick Marshall used to do a lot as well. Just yeah. going into the read option, knowing there's no evidence yeah, in this ball. Just, away. just keeping it. Yeah. I think um, an interesting thing that after the game was said was they talked about Shivers being still not worked all the way back into the offense. Like almost like they have some packages for him, but he's not 100% yeah. back. Because he's he missed a lot of time yeah, he with did. COVID. Um, I'm interested to see if they ever just line him up at the slot. But we've had so much struggle Maybe. with receivers, and he's been it's, such a He's threat. fast. So. Can he throw the football? <laughs> <laughs> we might find out. Oh, jeez. Kobe Hudson can. They tried that in the Penn State game because apparently he can throw it. There's a lot of people in camps that he could really sling it. <laughs> like, he played quarterback can in high school. Say that? What? Slinging the ball? Really, he really sling it, guys. <laughs> I, I, so before I, we go to the – sorry, go ahead, Chief. Oh, I just uh, – one thing I uh, saw during the game was uh, – um, uh, after Bo had been running around like crazy out there, I, I think it was after it was after the first touchdown we scored. I think um, it, he's over on the sideline and he's got his arm around Harson just talking yeah. to him. It was crazy. Like they've been uh, like he's been his coach yeah, for like twenty years. Fouls. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. It was wild, um, and I just thought that was funny. All right, Ryan, you got one last thing. Yeah, before we go to the Georgia game, just want to make sure uh, give shout out Who? to the. Huh. What? Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Anna Valley Show crowd for the tailgate they put on. Um, that was a great time. And they were super generous to us, welcome to send. So thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, if we're, are we doing, is this the shout outs portion of the show? <laughs> sure. Uh, Desert, Desert Eagle, longtime listener. Whoa. Desert Weagle. Desert Weagle, Weagle. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. The inspiration for the song at the top of the show. Yeah, not yeah. not the gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I been... imagine the gu- it is a play on the gun. He's um, a uh, Arizona local, I believe. I believe that's that's correct. And uh, our, our, our longest, long-time listener. I think since episode one, he said. Hmm. He's been around longer than you, Chief. I know. Look at him. Thanks for listening. All right. Listen. This week, Saturday, in Auburn, the South, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, at 2.30 p.m. Central Daylight. Seems like as God intended. It's a 2.30 game more than it's not, I think. With Vernon Gary. No, yeah, except not, not burn. Not burn. Rest in peace. No, he's still no, alive. He's still alive. I wish it was just Vern and no Gary. Vern was the best. Gary is trash. Um, it'll last. Get ready. This game will last for five hours. Like this. This will be. This so is what harsh. you're doing on Saturday. This is all you're doing. It's, a, it's actually worse to be at, which I will be a two thirty CBS game than it is to watch at home, because. Then you're just sat there at the game with these like huge long breaks. Like, it's unbelievable, it's, it's man. Awesome. It's just so bad. It's like simultaneously watching the Braves uh, game two against the Brewers in this one. Yeah, sure. I, I will be too, Ryan, I guess. LOL. 
that game might might actually end before the Auburn game, and yeah, it's a baseball right. game, which I've, is interminable. I've already said. I've already said. I love my Braves. Probably not a World Series team this year. If it helps Auburn win this game, and uh, the Braves have to go in and just you know, blow a lead late during the fourth quarter of this Auburn Georgia game, give the Georgia fans a little something to worry about. Uh, you know, except Auburn fans are all based on my Twitter timeline. Auburn fans are all Braves fans, too. Yeah, but Auburn isn't in the state of Georgia. I guess. According to most. No. It, there, there's a curse there that doesn't apply to Auburn. I root, for, I root for the Braves to lose almost as much as I root for Alabama to lose, just to clean up my Twitter timeline. You know, Ryan, uh, you don't remember this, but there was a time when the Braves were the only team that I've ever uh, followed and uh, was a fan of that had won a championship. Um uh, until uh, Auburn won theirs, uh, outside of Miami, of course. But sure, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah. So but you don't remember that, Brian? Uh, in so all I of the six months old. In all the advanced stats, SP plus, team rank, FPI, FEI, Sagarin. George is either number one or number two. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a reason we threw out those computer rankings, Crow. <laughs> uh, you know that the computer ranking is Auburn would have played in like at least the 04 National Championship based <laughs> right. on the computers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Stetson Bennett, the most Georgia quarterback name ever, will start. I hope he starts only because he killed us last year and I want a chance for revenge against Stetson Bennett the fourth. Um, he beat L- he beat UAB really bad, but his numbers against South Carolina he, he was seven for eleven against Arkansas. Uh, what'd you say? I mean, seven yards. for eleven for seventy two yards. Yeah, in a win, thirty seven to zero win. They had a block punt return for a touchdown, and I want to say a pick six in that game. Arkansas is terrible i think everyone should uh should be aware of that everyone got on they're, the arkansas train and they're but they're not, not terrible they're, I don't well, think specifically they're good. texas a&m is terrible that's the real one texas a&m is terrible we are fine so is texas and so arkansas is not one texas good, is they don't have a good win they don't have a quality win on their record texas is exactly they what they've been for five years which is just no. three three coaches in a row i'm same I'm, Casting aspersions here. Uh, Auburn probably does not have a quality win yet either. <laughs> LSU We have may a very be, quality loss. Yeah, yeah, we have a very quality loss. That Penn State loss, loss looks really good. Uh, I, I, You know, I think LSU's probably better than Arkansas. They certainly have more talent than Arkansas has. Yeah, but I don't know if LSU's going to beat Arkansas. Their coaching is significantly worse. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um the, yeah, they might, I mean, they might I, have a new staff by that game, though. Yeah, maybe the battle for the boot. No, I, I, I think Auburn. You have to make Stetson Bennett beat you, and I know we said that last year, and he did. Um, and really, the Georgia defense beat us last year. Um, well, and ideally, this turns into a messy. Both teams have to run the ball. There's some special teams weirdness. I mean, that's how Auburn wins this game. Uh, it's. I just let's just say Bo goes Johnny football on them, and we just we. Ideally, it's it's, it's a West Virginia game style deluge. 
And I, Tank I just runs. That... Tank Tank runs forty carries for two hundred and thirty yards and yeah, two touchdowns. Up... We went fourteen to ten. <laughs> they may end up killing us that way too. Uh, I for I think forcing Stetson Bennett to try to try to beat us is better than trying to force you know stop their running backs. Sure. The good thing is uh, Georgia hasn't been in a close game past the second quarter all year. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it's not from Clemson. I'll, I'll give them that. But you know, Clemson I wasn't scoring on anybody. Clemson lost uh, to NC State. Clemson ranked. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. But my, so my point is, uh, they haven't really played one in a road environment, really, uh, and two in a tight late game. And I, I think maybe that the Penn State experience, the LSU experience, gives Auburn a, the Georgia State experience uh, gives Auburn some uh, some ammo. You know, Jordan Harris going to be loud. It'll be yeah. I hope the students are right at sunset by the end of the game. Right, pretty close. Actually, you know what? Bo Nix doing what he did last week may have been just like the the perfect possible thing that could have happened because the students will be excited about it. Except that it's fall break, and the students may not even be there. Why would they? Why would they? Why would you leave? I don't think it's fall break. Oh yeah, it is. Josh Dub, our colleague Josh Dub has done a whole Twitter on it. I think it starts this weekend. The question, like, it's, it's like, why would you leave? Um, yeah, yeah. I, like wow. Saturday's the first day of fall it break. It's usually the, that October fifteenth weekend, but it, yeah, I thought late, it was October seventh and eighth. Yeah. It's the Georgia game. They'll be back. That, that just gives you a long weekend to party. Yeah, like, why would you leave? What kind of maniac would leave? Mm. Go Dude. to Lake Martin on Thursday. Do what you got to do at the lake house. Come back. Chief, remember, we're old. We don't understand. Yeah. How no, we, these kids we didn't, think didn't about this. sports. Yeah. Like, remember we made fun of them for leaving the old Miss game because it was too cold a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it. Uh, the three home games so far, the student section has been way more filled out than the rest of the stadium. Well, that's great. I, I'm not, I'm not going to dog them this year. I really not. Well, Ryan, there may be some older folks that are a little bit afraid of a, a worldwide pandemic that the uh, <laughs> that the um, students are spreading students in crazy not, numbers. Uh, too worried about. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can judge based on that. Versus a little chilly weather for the Ole Miss game. <laughs> it was sixty degrees at the coldest yeah. part of that game. I think. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't get it either, Crow. Uh, I used to be, uh, you know, the Iron Bowl used to be. Our fall break, which was Thanksgiving uh, back then, and the Iron Bowl used to be the weekend preceding that. So that was – we got the whole week off for Thanksgiving. Yeah, wait. How does that work now? Does that – are they getting uh, a week off this week and then yeah. they get another week tell, off at Thanksgiving? Tell us, Ryan. Do, yeah, usually. Okay. So, oh, geez. so was, was Auburn on quarters when you were there? No. No. Okay. No, no, we didn't, ha- so we didn't have a, a fall this break. This is essentially replicating the, the quarters system where yeah. this is this would be at the midway point of the semester, I guess. Yeah, I wonder we, if we had yeah. a longer – I think we had a fall break. I just don't think it was uh, – I don't remember a fall break. A the full semester week. also starts – I don't know. You know because other, cause cause other, other schools did get a fall break, but they didn't get the whole week of Thanksgiving off. Like, that, I also that's think how we started later than, than this. I think they're yeah. starting earlier than us. That's and I think we got out tenth or something this year yeah, we got out more for I, christmas than they did and because yeah, i think my first day was august 17th maybe yeah i think i think uh lsu still gets out way more than anybody else for christmas lsu ryan gets mardi gras like week off for yeah. <laughs> the middle of february 
that's, that's probably more of a like uh, a safety thing. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, so the students should stay because we all used to stay for the Iron Bowl. Why wouldn't you stay for Georgia game? Like, I know it's it's literally just an excuse. Let's, to hey, let's, before before we uh, get too hard on them, we'll, we'll circle back to it next week. Here's yeah, the deal. I mean, I don't expect them to leave. Why We've got you? nothing to lose. Not one thing. If Auburn loses this game, great. Everyone thought you're going to lose. Whatever. If Auburn wins this game, it is one of the greatest upsets in the history of the school. If because Auburn wins this Ryan, game, it's 2013. Like I, I'm in. Ryan, tell me about Georgia. Jinx the heck out of these Bulldogs by reading me uh, their defensive FEI metrics. Uh, they're a terrible uh, team shooting threes, but we'll get past that. Uh, Don't you dare. Yeah. So FEI, it just, it's a lot of uh, efficiency rankings, indexes. Uh, they have different stats for offense and defense. But Georgia, what you need to know is they're essentially number one across the board in all of them on defense. Um, so defensive drive efficiency, let's see, that is just uh, scoring value – how many points they're uh, better than an average defense against an average um, offense. And they're two points better than an average defense. That's the best in the country. Uh, let's see. The uh, average yards available uh, that teams get. I feel like we talked about this in the Ole Miss-Alabama game last year where like Alabama was scoring 90% of, or gaining 90% of their available yards you know, based off a of field position. Right. Uh, uh, Georgia's defense is giving up only 17% of their available yards. Jeez. So if Auburn started on these on the goal line at 100 yards to go, on average, Georgia would only be giving up 17 yards. From the 50, that's nine yards. Yeah. Like it's, they're not going to give it, it. It's insane. They don't give like them the a lot of first downs. Team, yeah. The next best team is giving up about 25%. Um. Mm. Yards per play, they're they're first there. They're giving up around three yards a play. Let me ask this: Again, is, is Auburn the best team they've played at this point? Clemson. Uh, yeah, I mean, Clemson still is still are they by the numbers by by, uh, by you know SP plus is Clemson still better than us? Like, I would say it's probably pretty close to a toss up, but I will double check that to be sure. But, yeah, it's. I mean, Arkansas Clemson, was pretty highly ranked too in terms of a lot of numbers, especially their offense, and then yeah, that, they scored zero points. That's that's part of it now is that uh, they don't have Bo Nicks. After after you play Georgia, your rankings take a hit pretty bad. And like somehow, Chief, Clemson, I believe Arkansas punted on all but like three of its possessions in this game. Like, like seven punts on ten possessions, something crazy like that. And I think it was what two missed field goals and a turn and pick six. Yeah. Otherwise, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, I won't go through all these stats, but the, the yeah. point is this Georgia defense is by far the best defense in the country. Um, even if it's opponent adjusted, they're still the best defense in the country. So don't line up and try and run down their throats because it's, it's not going to happen. Sure. Uh, don't try and drop back every play 60 times like we did against South Carolina. Not going to work. Mm. They've got... They've got five stars all across the field. Um, so get weird. Embrace it. Uh, I mean, you, you've been on Twitter this week. All The players are all in on uh, getting the crowd involved. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a concerted effort knowing they're on fall break or if that's just these guys are real excited at that LSU win. Like they know how much it meant. Most of these guys weren't alive last time we won Baton Rouge. Yeah, like over half the teams. Over half the teams from Georgia, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's gonna be crazy if we if we get into that uh, second half, into the third quarter, and it is even a two score game. Like if, if it's still a winnable game in any capacity. I like, I like it for Alton. Um, How are their tight ends? Let me ask that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not wide open. Jesus, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, you don't, you don't get it. Georgia tight ends have destroyed Auburn historically in these games. I mean, tight ends this year have destroyed. Auburn. Even yes, I know it's a double whammy. Even Georgia tight ends, no one's ever heard yeah. of. Even in games that Auburn wins, the Georgia tight end somehow will have 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns. I would really, for the love of God, don't tell me they haven't caught any passes. Just, just don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's the they've, case. Ne- they've never caught a pass. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a tight end on the roster. Oh God. Um. It's a shame they don't have uh, like a legacy guy like Tyler Brown there. That's true. Touchdown true. maker. That's one hell of a legacy over there, though. Um, <laughs> An elite legacy, if, uh, yeah. I say. Um, I would encourage everyone to go check out uh, one of uh, Will Kelly's tweets from earlier today. Uh, by the way, where he he just tweeted a picture of us, you know, doing the Soldier Boy thing in the twenty eight or twenty seventeen. Uh, Georgia game, all happy about it. Of course, Georgia fans got up in his mentions about it because he tends to uh, poke the bear quite a bit, and so they're they're on to him. And uh, one guy was like, "Oh, most of the responses were about uh, about that game not mattering because we didn't win anything." And then he just just out of nowhere, this guy thought he'd won, and he just RKO'd him and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> hit him with the uh, oh so the last 40 years of Georgia football is right. perfect it's, great. it's a great tweet it's yeah. great trying to dunk on Auburn for celebrating pointless wins which uh, uh, pretty sure that's a degree program in Georgia yeah uh, exactly can I can I do the the, uh, the curse thing oh god Ryan okay uh, Georgia football uh, leading receiver on the season Brock Powers 18 catches for 272 yards four touchdowns is a tight end. Oh. Well. Okay. You know what? All right. That's that's not as many yards as John uh, Shanker Heimer Smith, is it? John Samuel Shanker Heimer Smith. No, John Samuel Shanker Heimer Smith had that this game. Yeah. One game. Oh, first wow. Auburn, yeah, first Auburn tight end to have a 100-yard game since uh Florida. Uh, yep. Pat Nix throwing the ball around against Florida in 1994. The, the year the Tootsie Roll was top of the charts. Yeah, I was not. Uh, I, I I was not. That I was a fledgling Auburn football fan at that point, really. Um, uh, Shinker with 18 receptions, 236 yards for the year. So pretty close. Pretty close. Well, all right, that's the guy to watch. Um, <laughs> He's gonna have 500 yards receiving. In this God. game, 
<laughs> he also has a rushing touchdown for, for 12 yards on the year. Great. <laughs> okay. <sighs> well, Great. All right, guys. It's going to be something. I'm going to have fun that day no matter what. Exactly, man. Hey, look, and like I say almost every other week, if Auburn wins, it's not because we're better people than they are. If Auburn loses, it's not because they're we better are. people than us. Your yeah. self-esteem and self-worth should not come from the wins and losses of 18, 22-year-old little boys. Okay? It's true, but it does. I know. <laughs> Just keep reminding yourself what Crow says. <laughs> When you we say we, it's funny, but we did not beat LSU any more than I don't know any more than I made the planet or <laughs> picked the coffee that LSU I drank. LSU fans definitely didn't help win though. No. All right, we'll see you guys next week on the other side. Oh no! Have a weekend. <laughs> <laughs>